Welcome, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Uncut Sheets. I am your co-host, Alex Patchen, a.k.a. Sports Card Stallion, and I am flanked by... Cat Snacks Cards, also known as Jordan Solarberg. Welcome, 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 everyone. We appreciate having you tune in. And uh, yeah, Alex, you can start it off. Yeah, so we're going to actually have Chris McGill from Card Ladder, a.k.a. Chris Hoge. Shut up. Oh, today, yes, we are. He said that he was going to be on the show today. And he is the owner of the Nikola Jokic one-of-one prism black i believe it's in uh nine five bgs nine yes nine five and it is and in fact one of his top real cards one of gonna, two which we get into possibly you know so he's gonna tell us what his plans are for that card buy sell hold it's a hot market right now for Jokic, so we're gonna talk about that as well hell yeah but before hell we get to that and have Chris on. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of different current events. This is something uh, a little different that we're doing and, and that we've been talking about doing where we're doing a closed show. It's not live. We're used to doing a live show, but we're going to do a closed show here. So first topic, Jordan, is um, Cassius Marsh, the former bear. Uh, okay. He is a big TCG collector and he owns a TCG shop in the LA area All right. um, and he recently posted a video where he goes into a Costco which you have to have a membership to go into a Costco right it's like a Sam's Club paid membership um, paid membership I think it's like what 50 100 bucks somewhere around there to, per year yeah, it, it, it's a wholesaler membership site mm-hmm. so for anyone who's unaware for listeners Costco and Sam's Club they're both competitors but they're wholesalers they buy stuff in bulk and they're point of their business is to sell in bulk. So that is what they're hoping people do. So he walks in, in the video, he walks in and he finds two pallets stacked at least six feet high of Pokemon cards, uh, sealed sealed Pokemon wax. Okay. And he literally fills his card up until there's not a single box left. Oh, no. I know. And so I went to the comments and this this video blew up. I looked at it yesterday. It had like six. Burn him alive! Get out your pitchforks! <laughs> Kill this person and all his family and drink their blood. Exactly. People went oh, ballistic in the comments. And for me personally, I think like especially Pokemon, like that there was just an article, I think it was released last fall or last winter, where it said. Pokemon cards out of all cards are the most printed cards in the world. <laughs> so personally, I say more power to him. Um, I don't I think mean, that article's uh, arguing with Jeff Wilson's take, you know, he, uh, I thought, you know, it, Pokemon's the most scarce IP in the U S Alex, oh, come boy. on. Oh boy. What are your thoughts? Do you think we knock on his door with pitchforks? Uh, I'm Cassius's door with pitchforks and tell him, hey. Yeah, I think we bring an angry mob and we get pitchforks and we go, cards are for kids. Cards. No, no, no. Bring them back to Costco. (laughs) Honestly, this is a tale old story. I understand. I'm, I'm of the firm belief everyone should be able to collect. There should be availability from kids to the oldest of old people. 
I agree there. So I'm not here mad at anyone who's like, you know what? There should be cards for kids. This Costco is a wholesale store. As we repeated yeah. and described earlier, their business model is buy in bulk and sell in bulk. You can buy single items, you can buy, but that is what they do. That is what they specialize in. Yeah. This guy paid a membership fee. He went to a store. He saw a deal he liked and he bought it with his hard-earned money. He didn't steal it. He didn't finesse. He didn't go to self-checkout and scan half. Like he, there was no scams here or anything like that. The guy literally paid for all the cards. Yeah. Does it feel bad for maybe the possible mom or dad who walks in there and might grab? But let's do this, Alex. You have a daughter. Yeah. If your daughter was into Pokemon collecting, which I know she is semi, but let's say she was a dire. Do you think Costco's even in the first 15 stores she names to go to? No. Like, and I know that's kind of like a goofy argument, but it's like these kids aren't going to Costco. They sell in wholesale. Like, she would say Target, Toys R Us, CVS, um, Walmart, Walmart, the local LCS, uh, Walgreens, Dollar General. The guy down the road with the white van. The guy yeah, down the road with the, the, the van at the end of the road, like you the say. Pokemon yeah. cards. <laughs> yeah, Pokemon cards for sale in an ice cream, sketchy ice cream truck, like. There's so many places kids would go to buy Pokemon cards. And if you're really going to be outraged at a business owner for maintaining his business and running it the way he seems fit, to me, as long as he's not stealing, he's not cheating, and he's not doing anything illegal that's hurting the card community, I'm fine. Does it suck a little bit? I will play devil's advocate. Okay. People who are mad a little bit that man he bought all of it yes i understand and you know where i i'll i'll say it people will get mad at me maybe we'll get some angry comments i used to be a card flipper i'd go to walmart i'd buy but you know what here's the difference if someone was two steps behind me in line but i got to the aisle first i look at them and go let's split this are you trying to do the same let's split it now if there was five people maybe i wouldn't be that nice it would only be one or two guys but it's not like he went in there, used his football skills and sacked all the families out of the way and fucking was throwing kids across the store. Like oh, yeah. he, he grabbed the pallets and he paid for them. And that's genuinely how I feel about it. I think a lot of, you know, Instagram card rage is kind of manufactured and it's what needs to be said or what people think is the proper thing. I'm not mad at this guy, and I think it's – I love the topic, but I think people being mad is a big nothing burger, and if you're getting outraged over this, you're just a fucking loser. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Like, dude, there's so much better shit to be mad about if you're in the car community. So I'll read a, a couple of the comments off. Let's go. I the usernames, but – Someone says, oh, that's why I couldn't get some booster packs for my nephew. Oh, yeah, because you were going to Costco to get Pokemon cards for your nephew. <laughs> go, go get the samples, okay? That's the best part about Costco. Go get the samples. Uh, amateur, fucking amateur. <laughs> All right, here's another one. Let's forget about everyone else who collects. Makes sense. Anybody oh, yeah. Oh, everyone else. No one's getting cards. The card famine is here. <laughs> Uh, here we go. Here's another take. How is it? How is this possible? Every big store in Pennsylvania allows two boxes 
per customer. Who even knows that? Who goes to Costco to buy Pokemon cards? Again, I, I doubt that guy has ever been outside in his life who said that. Yeah, yeah. We won't it's just goofy name, to me. Um, I think we both agree on this topic. Uh, and I listen, I, I do understand, again, to reiterate, I do understand, like, making sure availability is for people and people can buy cards and enjoy them. But this guy in this specific situation, I don't think he's harming anyone. And uh, if you were one of the few people in his area who weren't able to get cards at Costco, um, maybe try any other store in your local area. Like literally any other store in your local area that sells cards. If they don't have them, $100 on me, DM me proof, I'll send it to you. Bath Snacks cards on IG. There we go. Jesus Christ. We won't beat a dead horse anymore, but that's that, I think. I think Cassius Marsh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, let's move Shout on to the next topic. We are going to talk about uh, flawless and the flawless craze. We okay. were so I'll be truthful. Me and Jordan, we actually recorded this very episode. <laughs> and what ended up happening is my mic was working, and for some reason his wasn't. Now we know for sure that both mics are working. <laughs> Little deep cut there. And Anyway, we just we we checked and flawless is very behind. Flawless NBA is behind, and they're in what what did we say it was 2122, correct? Yes, so it's flawless 21. So you gotta remember, guys, for us speaking, we're in 2023 year product. Well, what we should be product, but it is 2021. So this is Cade Cunningham year flawless for everyone listening. This isn't even last year's class or this year's class. This is two years classes ago. So pretty insane how far we're behind. But keep going. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you see a lot of these, a lot of this hype with Flawless and pulling the logo mans. And every time I see uh, like an Instagram live happen, I mean, there's at least 500 people deep just watching these cases and stuff being being open and these box of these briefcases being open um you know is is this stuff worth even opening um yes and no and i know that's a very compound answer here's how i look at it i'm a gambler i'm a degenerate i love having fun and gambling at a certain point it gets too rich for my blood flawless has hit too rich for my blood can you win on a box of flawless? A hundred percent. The answer is yes. Are the odds stacked at you tremendously? The answer is also absolutely yes. Big yes. A box of flawless opened up at around nine k, and is now as high up to as fourteen hundred a box. That is not a case. People get confused because the box comes in a case. But a case is two boxes of flawless. So on the high end, right now, waxstat.com, uh, waxstat.com, you check up any box you want, any price, they tell you. It's an amazing tool. Go look at it. 9,000 opened at 14 high end. Average is 12.5. At 12.5, you're spending 25 grand, 24, 
25 a case for two boxes of flawless Dang. on average i'm not even joking i would say you might out of a case be lucky if you get five grand out yeah. of that that case and i'm not even joking and by a case i mean two boxes i think you would be lucky a lot of the singles and i've gone over this with you alex i'll go over it for a quick brief minute you can get legends and all-star players patch autos of like bradley beal and Kyrie and butler and these like you know second tier type of guys for hundreds of dollars game used patch autos super sure. low numbering like for hundreds of dollars and the hype is as big as it will be right now so it just feels like if you like to gamble and you're wealthy and you can afford it and this is what you enjoy hell yeah rip some flawless go balls deep have a blast but to me an average collector who's not filthy rich i'll just be honest it's not fun for me i don't want to get skunked that type of way i don't want to buy into a hit draft where i'm paying two grand to get one card that will probably be 200 bucks like it's just not for me but there are chances to hit lifetime grail cards absolutely insane high-end hits and stuff so i'm not here to shit on flawless I just think it's gotten to a point where this is the Russian roulette of the hobby. Or not Russian roulette. No, yeah, even so. Yeah, the Russian. You're holding a gun (laughs) to your head. Nobody's dying, though. Nobody's dying. You're you're holding a gun to your head, and you're saying, please don't let this bullet hit me. Because that is the the odds are so stacked against you, it's it's unreal. But when you hit, I mean, we've seen the hits. The Lucas, the dual logo mans. The the Naz Nubs, one of the biggest collectors in the hobby, yep. hit the gold 50th anniversary Barkley, where they're using yep. the gold anniversaries, which oh. are so sick. Just lifetime grill cards, super cool shit. But the chances of hitting that stuff is one in a million. So for me, yeah. flawless is a pass, but I think the product is amazing. I just think the price point for any average collector is almost unattainable even at breaking level like meaning like hit drafts or player drafts or any of that stuff yeah i think they said that the odds to pull a logo man are one and it was either cases or boxes it was one in 80 something odd cases or boxes which if you do the math i mean that's that's got you're you're tickling with a million dollars you know so i'm gonna pull up a calculator real quick at 80 boxes which is 40 cases of flawless 40 cases of flawless will be cheap. They say the average is 12 grand. We'll do 11,500 for a case. So okay. people don't freak Lower out. End. 80 there we go. times 11,000 or 80 times. Is Jordan doing math right now? Uh, yeah. Jordan doing math guys thank you very much, is 920 grand. Yeah. So yeah. you're almost hitting a million dollars. So if you you know like poker and equity value, you're getting like yeah. it, it's, it's not looking good, guys. I'm just telling you, it's not looking good at all. Million dollars for the product for a logo man. Brand to guarantee a logo man, and let me tell you, I don't think there's a logo man in this set that will bring you a million dollars. That was my next question to you. Is there even anything remotely close? I don't think, yeah. Maybe the triple that people are hunting this year or something. Uh, There might be one or two cards, but even then, I don't think they're worth that. I'll be honest. I'll take the dive on the sword. 
I don't think there's, I'll be on, again, pitchforks at me, hit me up and it's whatever you want to do. I think there's not a million dollar card in that product. Yeah. It's, it's the ultimate lesson too. Like if you're, if you're opening up flawless and you're going way above your head, as far as like your financial, uh, where you're at financially and you're buying this stuff, it's the ultimate lesson that you should go back to, you know, whipping, whipping racks, ripping wax is fun. Absolutely fun. But at the same time, it's the ultimate lesson where you should probably focus on singles. Like you said earlier, you can get all of these legendary autographs and different singles for such a cheap price. And if, yeah. you, if you can focus on singles and find that balance between, you know, ripping the wax and finding singles, you're going to be a lot happier and you're probably going to be in this hobby a lot longer because you're, you're satisfying that need for the decent cards. You're not always chasing. There's a lot of people that just chase, 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 chase. They get burned out and they leave the hobby. And this is the ultimate product to do that, that dragon product, right? Chase the freaking dragon. hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. So anyway, that's our, that's our take on flawless. Um, if, if I could afford it and I had a money tree out back, yeah, I would rip this stuff. No doubt. A hundred percent. But uh, for the mass majority, that's that's the story. So uh, we'll move on to – so LeBron James and Lakers, they just exited the playoffs. And LeBron, you know, he had some kind of meltdown exits. He was leaving the court early. It was just a lot of – a lot of body language, a lot of like confusion as to what's going on in that guy's head. But for his card market over the next, uh, we'll say six to twelve months, uh, what are you predicting is gonna is gonna happen to his his cards? So I think LeBron's cards will go down. Um, I think also. Though that people are very harsh on LeBron, they have these unreal yeah. expectations. Um, I've talked about this beforehand. I'll talk about it here personally. I am a diehard Bulls fan. For anyone who doesn't know, I hate LeBron. I can't stand the motherfucker. But I was too young. I being thirty-one years old, to actually enjoy Jordan the way I should have. I was a baby up until like eight years old, seven years old, whatever. Um, I saw Wizards Jordan where I could appreciate, but it wasn't the same. Uh, LeBron is the greatest player I've ever witnessed with these eyes in real time, like getting to appreciate his career. He is by far, I think people have unreal expectations for this guy. He's going to go down as the second greatest basketball player to ever play the fucking game, ever. I would be happy, and I know collectors who are collectors of LeBron who are ecstatic. They're finally able to collect LeBron cards again. Like I talked to people, they are able to collect LeBron cards. Prices are finally coming back to a normality. And although people like to laugh at cards like the Topps Chrome Rookie that hit almost 40 grand, or the Refractor that was over 100 grand that has now reclused to. You know, I don't even know the prices. I could go on card ladder, but very, they've recluse a ton. It's more normalized. People yeah. like to laugh at those cards. But at the end of the day, LeBron, to me, feels like a great guy that I would love to hold on to long term. Being the second greatest player of all time, being 
this generation's GOAT for a lot of kids in my era or younger, the greatest basketball player they've ever seen. I just feel like, man, if I could pick up Grail or high-end LeBron cards right now for a discount and you're enjoying them and planning to collect them for a while, that doesn't sound like a bad proposition to me. Um, yeah. But that being said, fuck LeBron. I don't like him. I hope he loses 100 more years in a row. Like, don't make the play, all that stuff. I just think if you're a collector, you're extremely happy. His market is going to go down. It's just natural. The card market in general is down. But uh, I also understand why a lot of LeBron collectors are super happy and feel like his cards are coming back to reality and they can pick up stuff at an affordable price where they're able to buy their main PC player. So, yeah, that's my opinion on it. Yeah, they're more attainable. Well, there could be some wild card scenarios. Like, obviously, like I said, he kind of had his little tantrum uh, exits from certain games where there would be, what, 30 seconds left and the guy's walking off solo, walking back to the locker room without his team. Like, that says a lot. He's obviously... You know, they made it deeper. I think they overachieved this year, honestly, because it didn't even look like they were going to make the playoffs. Oh, they yeah. overachieved completely. I don't think that's any Lakers fan would argue with that unless they're being delusional. Yeah, they made it a lot deeper than a lot of us thought that they would. And so I feel like, you know, he should be happy, but I know he holds himself to a standard where at the beginning of the season with LeBron and it's winner follows him. Yeah, it's it's winner bust. It's yeah. winner bust. It's either you won the championship or you're a freaking failure. I think he could be in his own head or there's a little more that we don't know. So if there's a wild card where, you know, I, I saw some weird stuff where he could be going to the Warriors or all these other teams. I don't know. There's like buttholes. Big butt sports right there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I think, you know, I hope he stays in L.A. because he's going to be able to to harvest free agents. You know, obviously, if they have the it's, it's, yeah, it's L.A., it's LeBron, and you have Anthony Davis. Uh, I think he'll be doing pretty well there. Yeah, there's no – with the LeBron market, there's no hold on to, to dear life with, with his values. Like, he has his collector base, and, and they hold that 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 base value uh, altogether all as one. So, And although easy for me to say, I – to me – I don't own any big LeBron cards. I own a couple. I have a rookie here there, but like nothing crazy, maybe less than $500, like nothing. It's easy for me to be like, oh, I'm not worried. But honestly, I'll, I'll be honest. And you might say, oh, bullshit. If I had $100,000 in LeBron cards and they were 300000 a year, I wouldn't be worried. If, yeah. if I'm holding on to LeBron long-term, I personally – would be worried about absolutely nothing. Anything LeBron does at this point in his career till he retires is just a cherry on the fucking cake, yeah. dude. He's, a, he's essentially in the vintage category, right? Is that is that a stretch? What is it? What'd you say? He's essentially his values, just his values, not the years or anything. He's yeah. his values are essentially ingrained in into like the vintage category as far as like they're not gonna be very roller coastery they're gonna be either like a steady climb or a steady descend that's how i feel so there's a descent right now just because the market is recorrecting from the yeah. massive boom but in general i feel like he's one of those he's a blue chip if you want to make cards yeah. that way which i know people hate doing the investment whatever 
But I think LeBron's a very solid blue. Like, and that's not a bold or exquisite take. Like, it's not a rare, hard take. It's just like, that is the truth. If I'm a big LeBron collector, I'm not panicking. And if anything, I'm excited that I can buy cards for a reasonable price again. And I'm just holding and holding and holding because no matter what way you look at it, he's either one or two. So that's pretty much it. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to the Drew Jones Bowman Super Fractor that was just pulled. Let's go. Um, so it was David Adams who had the bounty, $250,000. Or if, if you were to turn and sell the card right away to them, they give you $250,000. Or you wait a very long time, hang on to the card, which I hope is not the case because I don't know what I would do with the card. <laughs> Maybe put it in the safety deposit box or hand it to David Adams. Just say, hold on to it for me. So, or they give you a million dollars if he is inducted into the Hall of Fame. That's a long process. Like, you had a lot of guys that are still waiting to get in the Hall of Fame. Like, you would have to be first out. And you might, you might not ever make the Hall of Fame. Right. Right. So you get zero. So, what do you, uh, what are you doing? The 250K or are you waiting out the million to see if he makes the Hall so, of Fame? I'm kind of, backstepping from my degenerate role right yeah, now as, as resident degenerate of the podcast i'm stepping back for a minute i think you have to be out of your fucking mind not taking that to <laughs> yeah like uh, it's exactly it's a raw card you don't have to worry about it getting graded i understand right. it's the bowman super uh fractor 101 chrome auto i get mm. that so great. A lot of people be like, stupid. Great doesn't matter. I know. I know. Great. But at the end, if it gets a 10, we know it will bring some sort of premium. But yeah, it's 200, a quarter million dollars mm -hmm. for a single raw prospect card. I am taking that money and I am running so fast. You will see my fat ass never again. Like he's never I, even had a hit. He's never even had a base hit yet. He got injured his first game oh, of the of, of, like practice league this year. <laughs> and no one's talking about it. I find it so funny. You know, mm. no one has talked about how Drew Jones got injured. Oh, he's not boy. even playing baseball. Maybe he's back now, but he got injured. His first game during the summer league, he got injured. No one said a fucking peep. So Oh man, he's I, probably a great prospect. I don't know a lot about Drew Jones himself. All I know is a quarter million dollars. Think about what that gets you in this equity of this market. Like oh, what you could buy, either one card or spread it across ten cards. Either way, you could build an insane collection with two hundred fifty grand, or you could buy a house, invest, yeah. flip that money ten times. I know just myself. I would take the quarter million. Yeah. But I also do understand people's perspective of I want to grade it. I want to shop it around first, especially because listen, that offer's open. They put a, Dave and Adams put a bounty with a timeline. So technically, if he does a one, I think it was two or three months or something like that. It was very short. But still, yeah. let's say he has two weeks till the cutoff. But hypothetically, I don't know. Send that to PSA in a one day turnaround time. Bite the bullet, pay the high fee, shop it around. If you can't get a quarter million, guess what? You get a quarter million from them, right. you know? And nope. right check not, so like I, I get all the what ifs or this or that. 
me personally, I'm taking the quarter million and running. How about yourself? Oh, same, same thing. And you said everything that I wanted to say. I, I'm taking the money. I'm not going to gamble. To you're essentially, my gosh, that you're essentially gambling 250k at that point, right? Like you're putting it yeah. down on on the roulette table, or you're putting it down on the blackjack table, and that's not me. So I'm I'm picking that money up. I'm, I'm I taking 250k. And I'm going to invest it into something else, whether it be stock market or another business or even the uncut friggin' sheets, our podcast. Graded VHS, bro? Come on. (laughs) Some records, some VHS, some uh, cassette tapes. It's great. Yeah, it just feels like with a quarter million dollars on the line, like I understand people are like, well, what about what he's leaving on the table? And like, listen, I love maximizing my value, but. At the end of the day, like when it, you're talking about like, oh, I just hit a five grand card. And if I graded a PSA 10, it might be a 15, 20. I understand that. But when you start getting in the quarter million dollar range of cards, like what can the, maybe the guy gets 300 grand, 400 grand or the guard grades really low. And it, de- like, I don't know what could, it might get lost in shipping. Uh, it gets damaged at PSA, which happens to cards all the fucking time like there's so many many variables and things that could happen to me with this specific instance again i am a degenerate i love gambling i love risking it all i love being wild i i just i have to quarter changing money and that is just something i'm not willing to play around with so that's my thing sell that thing or you're off your freaking rocker that's yeah that's that's what i would do if i was him but congrats to the guy i think it was store owner store store owners in ohio or something like that is what i read like who were just opening personal boxes so congrats to them that's a fucking amazing story and it's always cool to see guys hit monster cards who have been in the hobby for a while. I hope we uh, can see some follow-up and make sure that the uh, the whole, the, it's like the decision 2023, right? The decision. Yeah, literally. What's it going to do? Literally. So, well, hopefully we'll have some follow-up for you. If you don't find out yourself, I'm sure you will, because 20,000 different influencers will report on it once we find 100%. out. We'll, we'll give it a little bit of attention. It deserves. But, uh, exactly. So, Anyway, this part of the show is where we will have our good friend and hobby enthusiast, collector, all the above, Chris McGill on. And uh, we're we're just excited to have him on and and talk Jokic market and uh, PC cards and what his plans are for that Jokic one of one that he has in his collection. So yeah. I love Hoge. He's a good friend of both of ours, co-founder and creator of Card Letter. And he has a really unique way, at least in this day and age, maybe, maybe it's not unique, a way of collecting. I think, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but I think he's just, the guy really uh, knows and gets what it means to be a card collector in my vision. And these are my words, not his. He would be way more humble about it. But, like, I appreciate the enthusiasm about cards, not about the money or the value or this, which we can get lost in and is fun. But the true passion for cards gets me excited. So I can't wait to have him on, and I think we're going to have a blast. 
Yeah, he's the he's the ultimate authentic collector, and I could listen to him talk literally all day. So without further further ado, let's go. Welcome Chris McGill, aka Chris Hoge, House of Jordans, on the show. Welcome, Chris. Welcome, Chris. Let's go. Uh, the the Jokic market, like the last thirty days, and how people are kind of waking up to Jokic and. I feel like there's new collectors. There's collectors like you who are like, mm-hmm, yep, saw this coming, tried to tell you. So I just wanted to elaborate on that last, like, 30 days and just how you're feeling about it as well. Well, I thought you were going to say chat GPT was going to be the first topic. <laughs> uh, I've been – I just – I have been studying chat GPT, figuring out how it works under the hood. It's it's very interesting. I'm I'm turning a corner. Okay. Are but, you? Is no, this- not that. Not like that. Not like that. But like, it's interesting. Once you understand how it works, how it's like, I won't go into it now. But uh, maybe that's maybe that's the next podcast as we all talk Chat GPT for now. Okay, Jokic. All right, let's talk. About- <laughs> I don't. I don't want a robot making my sushi. That's all I know. I don't want. Right. A robot yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So Jokic. So uh, look, you know. Um, as Jordan can attest, uh, being the possessor of uh, things of mine, <laughs> because uh, okay, so it's uh, advanced stats can go in different ways. Um, last year, I was so high on Tua in the playoffs. I, I didn't start collecting him, but he was leading the NFL in passer rating. He was leading the NFL in quarterback rating. He was having an amazing, amazing season. His EPA was off the charts and then he got three concussions and he went from an MVP trajectory and like maybe a Super Bowl contender to, you know, a wild card round exit. So, or did they even make the playoffs? I don't even remember what happened. I don't think they made the playoffs. I they think didn't even, they yeah, they just completely spiraled out of control. It. They lost so much. They spiraled out of control at the end of the year. Exactly, dude. So like, that's, that's a cautionary tale of like, because when you look at metrics, it's only telling you what happened in the past, first of all. And then second of all, stuff happens in sports all the time. So like, okay, there's a cautionary tale. But then there's and, – and what I like about Tua as well was that uh, all of this was happening in the background. And if you were to turn on ESPN or Fox Sports or listen to, you know, halftime breakdowns of games, pregame shows – no one was really cognizant of how dominant Tua and Tyreek and Waddle and that offense were. They, they just, it wasn't a headline. It wasn't something that people were running with. The nerd community was aware of it, which is how I became aware of it, but it was under the surface. You know, it, it wasn't showing. And that's, that's my favorite time when I'm, when I'm watching sports and like I can see something happening and the mainstream doesn't know about it. I love that. I love that. It almost gets boring when the mainstream catches on, which is kind of where I'm at with my guy Jokic right now. It's just like, <laughs> I don't even want to hear it. He's, like, he's old news. He's, he's old. old. News. I don't want to hear it right now. It's like, oh, you know, but that's how Jokic was too, kind of like Tua, where just Tua last year, but Jokic did it for three straight seasons. Where, well, really, his, his whole career, he was statistically elite, even going back to his rookie year. But then when he became MVP level elite, his numbers were all time great off the chart stuff. 
The three that I really love to look at are box plus minus, win shares per 48, and player efficiency rating. And he has led the league in all three for three straight years, which is crazy. That's LeBron, Jordan level statistical dominance. Uh, but poor playoff runs and uh, during during two of those MVP years. And then, you know, being in Denver, it's just not a highly covered market. It's not really known as a basketball town. It's more so known as a football town or a skiing town, you know, not really basketball, even hockey, you know, but he's changing all that. The team is changing all that this year. And yeah, so, so Jokic is an example of uh, using metrics to learn about players and it, and it working out and the metrics proving predictive that they sort of were for, you know, they, they sort of foresaw that this guy was a special player. And if he was in the right situation with a great cast of teammates, that he could do great things and then he did you know so yeah he's been a fun fun experiment in the validity of advanced metrics i think he's validated a lot of them this year but uh also i just think you know he's he's a great under the radar player to collect not everybody likes that or wants that like he just gave a press conference on saturday um during their long period off and he continues to refer to Jamal Murray as the best player on their team. Yeah. That's how, that's how, that's how humble this guy is. All you know? the time. He's so humble. When, when he won the uh, Magic Johnson Award, the Western Conference Finals MVP, his quote was, uh, I'm the first among equals. That's what he said. So yeah, he's a real team guy. It's, it's, it's unique to see a superstar with that level of humbleness. Exactly. Exactly. So he's different. He's very different. You know, and uh, yeah, man, it's it, he's a fun player to follow and collect. He realizes how important it is. Go ahead, Jordan. I was just going to say, it's very unique with Jokic, too, because we were talking about it, especially we've talked about this in Clubhouse and stuff, and now we're doing it over here. But uh, I think it's interesting. Jokic was one of those guys where if if it wasn't for you, Hoj, honestly, I wouldn't. he wouldn't have even been on my radar. And it's very funny because – even after his first MVP, you were huge on him. No one gave him his respect. His second MVP, he started getting his flowers. Um, people recognized him. And obviously the hardcores like you and the people who were already, you know, there were people earlier than you, as you've stated before multiple times. Um, but it was interesting to see the evolution of, like, the respect he was getting because one MVP – Unless you were a hardcore in the underground scene or a Denver fan, no one knew. Second one, you're like, okay, this guy won two MVPs in a row. We got to give him a little. And then it kind of fell. And then this year, when a lot of people, including myself, think he got robbed, I mean, <laughs> it was like, wow, to watch the experience of what happened and now see this guy do what he's doing in the playoffs, it must feel amazing. And like, you know, holding some of those amazing cards of Jokic, I mean, I know you must feel amazing about that. It, it must be really, really cool. And that's something I wanted to hear you talk about too, is, you know, being one of this guy's top collector, it might, you might not have all of his cards, but you have acquired some of his best cards available, like in the world. How does that feel? And what are your plans with all those cards? And I know you're a diehard collector. So, you know, a lot of those aren't going to see the light of day again. And I love that. Like, I think it's cool when we see, high high end grails 
of any player. I don't care who it is. Get locked up into a PC and people know, hey, that ain't going to be available for any time soon. So you can laugh or say this or whatever, but that card's mine, motherfucker, and you ain't getting it. (laughs) It has to be a badass feeling, especially with a card like that you have, the Prism Black 101, and it being one of his best cards, if not his best card. Yeah, man. No, you said it. I, I love the way you put it. That is uh, that is how I look at it. Like one of the things you touched on that I think is like key here, it, uh, just for my collecting experience of Jokic, is that like there were guys collecting Jokic from day one, and I didn't become a, a very a serious Jokic collector until like halfway through his second MVP season. I did have some cards from before, but like I wasn't considering him like a PC player or anything like that. So I have to acknowledge and give respect to those guys who were way ahead of me in collecting him. And then I studied them and I like kind of watched how they built collections and it it was motivating to see like how they were doing. I was learning from them as I was kind of like taking an interest in him. So like, some of those guys who collected Jokic before me, well, well before me, and and they are, they have much better Jokic collections than I do. You know, I would say I have like one great card, and then I have some nice other stuff that I like, like Prism Gold stuff like that. But these guys have everything. You know, they have rainbows, they have logo mans, they have, they've got it all. And like I talk to them, you know, pretty regularly. So it it's it's nice to. It always feels good when you start collecting a player and that player already has collectors before you that you can learn from and that can teach you kind of like how this market works. And and then, you know, they they uh, they gave me a chance to join, but they didn't they didn't have to. You know, they didn't like it's it's tough, man, to find like, yeah, he yokish rookies like it's tough to find them and then it's tough to pry them out. So, you know. What would you say are the top three? Uh, what would you say are the top three Jokic rookies? I think yours has got to be in that top three. Yeah. And then what are we yeah, talking? The, flawless NT. He doesn't have an NT. He doesn't have a flawless. Let's be clear yeah. about that, right? He has yep. the Prison Black 101. Does he have an immaculate immaculate logo man? He does. So, so an immaculate I, would probably be up there. Yeah. So if we wanted to go top three, here's what I would say. Okay. Uh, his only RPAs. Are Noir, Immaculate, and maybe he has one or two others from other brands. But those are the big two. Immaculate and Noir are the big two. And then Immaculate is just, it's a higher brand than Noir, I think, in most people's opinion. Mm -hmm. That's probably his main RPA, is his Immaculate. Now, the Immaculate has the base out of 99, no parallels, none, no gold. No green, nothing. Yeah. Just you have out of 99. And then you have the logo man autograph of that, which is a one of one, obviously. So like that is one of the other top three cards, I would say. And then the, for the third one, maybe I'll say he has a National Treasures logo man. It's not autographed, but he does have an NT logo man. Like patch logo man. Yep, patch only. So maybe that's in the top three as well. I'm not quite sure. I, I think, but I think there's a pretty clear like top two, which is the Prism Black and, and the, the, uh, the Immaculate Logo Man RPA. 
Yeah. It's a unique position, too, because Jokic was drafted in the second round, right? So he's one of those rare players who has exceeded all expectations and some. Like, you know, no one was thinking this guy was going to be a possible three back-to-back MVP candidate rolling his way straight through to the finals um, and, you know, doing the things that he's done. And it's probably been a very nice surprise for people, too, to who collect them and enjoy them. So it's very interesting to see the trajectory of him. Yeah. And this is the stuff I love. Like, I love talking to collectors about cards they're passionate about and hearing why they, you know, enjoy collecting cards the way they do. So yeah, for sure. Well, Jordan, he has, this is kind of like what the manufacturers thought of him at the time or like where he fit in. He has in Immaculate, he has two dual Logomans, not, not from the base set, not RPAs, just two dual Logomans uh, inserts. One is with Nemanja Bielica. <laughs> you know, he was a player, you know, like he, yeah, he, yeah, he, you know. he was on that Warriors championship team, but I think he's out of the league now. And the other was with Emmanuel Moutier, who was the Nuggets' first-round pick that year, I think. Or, or Wasn't maybe. he a Denver guy, Emmanuel Moutier? Yeah, that was the other pick, yeah. They just, like, they put him with Moutier, and then they put him, you know, with Bielitsa, who's, like, a fellow guy from the Balkans. So, you know, that's that was his that was his place. Like, we see how the premier rookies are treated in – big products and like he did they like you said they didn't even give him an rpa in national treasures <laughs> that's yeah not- he was an afterthought that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's crazy but to see how guys literally- that happens too and that's the unique thing with the card market that i love also is you know you Jokic becomes this mega massive star either you like him or not you like his play style you like his humbleness or you wish he was more uh you know emboldened or wild or whatever uh nonetheless he was a second round pick. He was kind of an afterthought in a lot of these products. And now the race to his best cards and some of his most sought after things becomes a real race because there's not a lot of it. Like you said, you know, you got your prison black, your logo mans, and then you're fighting for golds and second years. And you're telling yourself, Oh, well, third years. And it, it really dilutes quick when you don't have a premier player who was premier at day one, like a LeBron James or, even if you don't like Zion and you think you like guys who were like the guy coming out of the draft because these companies are thinking. So I think that creates a very unique, unique collecting situation for Jokic also is because he wasn't a top guy. He wasn't thought of like, Oh, let's build our products around him. So now when going after grails of his, it must be very exciting when you see something you want to, because that stuff doesn't come out and you know, there's not a lot of it, especially rookie year stuff. Yeah. And you, it just gets a little bit, uh, I get a little anxious about where his market is at right now because yeah, there's, there's a lot of like people first hearing his name regularly on ESPN, you know, and that's not going to last. Like he's, he's in the headlines now, but no matter what happens in the finals, win or lose, he's not going to be, off a, a big off-season talking point. LeBron will be, whether he retires or not will be. Steph Curry will be. Kevin Durant will be. Like, other players will be, but he's a hot topic right now. It, that that will wear off. He has a long way to go before he's going to command the level of attention and discussion that, like, 
the true best players of this era command. Even a Giannis, like Giannis will be discussed in this offseason a lot more than Jokic will. So, like, I just look at his market and I just get anxious about, even though, like, I I don't, I keep buying his cards, but I, but I know, <laughs> I know that, like, it's not the best time because, like, there's, there's never going to be in the short term, there's never going to be more hype surrounding him and making people in the hobby think about him and go look at his cards. There's never going to be more than right now. Like two, three, four months from now, it will have cooled off. And that's a much smarter time for me as a collector to like, if I can somehow be patient and discipline myself, you know, but like I'm literally bidding on a prism gold of his events tonight. So, Well, because the thing is, is even with patience, it's hard because again, you don't know when these cards are going to pop up. And because now, he is on the radar yep. and people are like, oh, this might be a guy I want to collect or even try to use him as an, uh, even though we hate the word investment tool or flip or what, whatever you want to look at it as, whatever stupid thing you want to call it. Sure. The point being is he's on the radar now and people are trying to pick up these cards. So it's not just you and the couple Jokic boys and the people before <laughs> you. Now it's every flipper, investor, collector, you know, all that bullshit. You're like, fuck, I got to get this. But now the prices are getting more expensive than ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not easy. Oh, yeah. The, seller, the sellers know it's time to sell right now. Because yeah. if he wins, he could possibly see some sort of a small bump. But if he loses, I, you know, exactly. if he wins the championship, rather. If he loses, I feel like there could just be, you know, it'll just level out. Obviously, he's gained new new collectors who kind of help lift that that base you know and yep. know that he's something special yeah um, but exactly. i guess we'll have to see in, in this coming weeks they sure are getting a lot of rest aren't they yeah yeah they are which like is good and bad you know some yeah. people are worried that they'll be rusty maybe uh but their best game of the playoffs so far was game one against minnesota when they came off of a huge rest as well like i think that some teams i'd be more worried about yeah. The Nuggets, they play pretty well off of rest, usually. So I think it cuts in their favor that they get this big break. Very nice. Very I agree. nice. All right, moving on. Um, oh, let's uh, let's talk about what your plans are with the one-of-one one Jokic. Mm. Is there a magic number? Like if shine million dollars. Shine shows up and says, Hey Hoj, I, I really want this card. <laughs> and says, I've got, you know, two, three M's on it. I mean <laughs> you're making well, them sweat over here. That ain't happening. Uh, and this is just me making this up, just for the record, AIH, whoever. Sure. This is just me. Yeah, no. I mean, uh, you're allowed to say I'm never going to sell the card, or I don't see a future of me selling the card also. No, I was thinking about maybe, like, renting a little apartment and just letting the card live in there, like, put a, build a shrine to it, <laughs> you know, just kind of put some security cameras, just let it live there. Um, you have laser beams. If you put your hand through it, it slices it yes, off. Yes. Yeah. Laser beam. Slicing laser beams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have I have zero intention to sell it, and nice. even more, I ha I've never felt more motivated to try and go and find like the other great Jokic cards that I can find. 
I love that. True. Yeah, that's I, I go the other way with it, but like that doesn't mean that uh, I'm a role model. It's it's probably not financially sound to do it that way, at least not in the short or the medium term for sure. But uh, you know, this is my hobby, man. This is how I have fun. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's such a point of pride too in my collecting to have that card. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. you know, it's 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 one of my favorite cards. Period. Yeah. So, it's so just, it's said that people pick their phones up two hundred plus times every single day. How many times a day are you picking that Jokic card up? <laughs> dude, I don't even have it with me, man. It's it's safely it's stored. away. That's that yeah. should tell you though how much he loves that card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody fuck it up, including himself. Exactly. No liabilities. Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah, no, it's just once uh I'm sure you guys can relate too. Like once you get a card that you've been looking for for a while and you get it, it's great, but then you just like on to the next. On to the next. Yeah, what's next? What's next? How can I how can I match this? It's so cool too because it's just like I love your way of collecting Hoj. I inspire to it. And I'm not just saying that because you're my friend or I know you. I I really do as a collector inspire to people like you and a lot of other people out there. There's a ton of collectors who I see them collecting and they might be buying super expensive cards or relatively inexpensive cards to what they find inexpensive. Yep. But the point being is they collect. They find something they love. And we all are in this community together. We all have been brought here because of cards. And I know for a lot of people, they can get lost in the sauce of, oh, my investment, or I went to this show this week, and this is what I did. We all just fucking love cards, dude. We yeah. love cards. It might be nerdy. It might be lame. You can say whatever you, oh, you collect grown men on pit. Cool. Yeah, that's what we fucking like. And it's inspiring <laughs> to see someone be like, this is my guy. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to get all his best fucking cards. It might take me one year. It might take me five years. It might take me my whole fucking life. But that's my mission. And I want to be known as this collector. I think that's really cool. Like, and I know some people might go, oh, that's so like what, what to me, that's fucking dope. I love that shit. It gets me excited. I love seeing when you post, like, just because you're my friend, I love seeing you when you post a massive Jokic or if you got a new Jordan or you got a new, whoever you collect, like, even if it's like Le'Veon Bell or someone, like, I don't give a fuck. I think it's cool. And I know people feel the same way when they see with me with a new Lubab or a Derrick Rose or you with the Matthew Stafford, Matt, or, or, or Alex, not Matt, Jesus Christ, Alex, but, you know, Stuff like that. It's just so funny. So it, that's the stuff that gets me excited. And uh, I I like seeing collectors go after their grails and be like, you know what? This is my card. You ain't going to get it. And I'm going to grab all the good shit. So you better start tucking it away. Because if not, the boogeyman's coming to scoop it up and it ain't seeing the light of day. <laughs> yeah, man. And it, it's not uh, – it's, uh, it's like, um, you know – it, it, so I collect Le'Veon Bell as one of my like five or six PC players, basically. Mm -hmm. It took me about two years to even locate his Prison Black Finite rookie. And it's and like it, that's about how long it took me to find the McCaffrey as well, which I was able to get. Mm -hmm. Le'Veon Bell, I know where it is. I know who has it. And 
that's been the hardest card to <laughs> of any of any grail I've ever chased. This one, so you know, there. If I if I ever do find a way to get that one without just like overpaying or doing yeah. something stupid, I, yeah, I, I, I'll even overpay, but like. <laughs> Yeah, well, you don't, you don't want to, be, uh, you know, idiot collector on Instagram, you know. Yeah, yeah. Is it a is it a Bell PC collector? It uh, it's a Steelers collector. Yeah. And he has both. He has the Prison Black rookie one of one, and he has the Prison Black autograph one of one. But I have the Select Black rookie one of one. Back this was a time when Select was no no three tiers, just one base card. Yep. I have the Spectra Black one of one. And then, you know, like, I've just the Prism Black, like I've got almost the entire Prism Gold run of Le'Veon Bell. I've got his Prism Gold rookie. So like, but that Prism Black is just the mountaintop card for me for a modern player. It's the cap. Yeah, exactly. For me, it is. Like, I not maybe not for everybody, though, but for me, it is. So I, that's, that there will be a level of satisfaction if I'm ever able to make a, a somewhat reasonable deal for that one. <laughs> there will be a level of satisfaction there that like might be the greatest. I don't know. I don't know until I get it, but like if I do, but that's 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 the that's about like the art of uh, of collecting. You know, it's like it. There's there's nothing quite as. Uh, is satisfying in the hobby for me as like checking off one of those cards that's just been on the list forever you know yeah the rushmore cards like something like we because we all have tears we have like cards where like oh we've been watching this on ebay maybe we'll pick it up maybe we won't then we have like cards we really want and we're more inclined and then there's the cards where like if we see it we're winning this bitch i don't give a fuck what it takes we need to have this and maybe we might not win it that but we need to fucking have this card <laughs> and like it's that acquiring those type of cards i i agree with you there's no better feeling it doesn't matter what your price point is or where you feel like that tier level is for you but when you you know the feeling if you're a card collector you've been there that card you see and you're like i have to own this i just have to that is an amazing feeling. It, it wears off quick, but the feeling is as high as you can get as a collector. It is. Yeah, there's a great feeling discovering it and then bidding on it, right? Yep. And then you get the notification and it's like, oh, hey, there's an hour left or there's 10 minutes left. And then you look at the time, you try to do the quick math, you click on the notification and then it says ended, you've lost. That's the worst feeling. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it really is. Like, it is uh, such a roller coaster of emotions, especially with PC cards. It is. No, man, that's the worst. That especially like if you put in your snipe and you're just like, hey, yeah, I got this, you know, <laughs> and then you didn't win it. It, it. Or like if you put in that snipe and you're just waiting for it to load to see if you won and like you weren't even close, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like a cheapie, right? Exactly. Like, huh, the market must be a little hotter than I thought. Where you see a zero feedback bid six oh. right before the end, pumping it up an extra two grand. You're like, I'm going to kill this mother. Oh, dude. I that, find out who this person is. <laughs> dude, that will, that will, uh, 
if if there's any one thing that will push me off of an auction, even for like a card that's very important, it's when you see that zero that zero feedback account when you just look at the history. That's enough for me to just be like, uh, you know, you don't, you never want to like let your emotions into it too much, you know. But I get I get so upset when I see stuff like that. Like, it's just, <laughs> no, that, I, I don't blame you, especially when it's a card. I mean, as someone to pivot just a tiny bit to promote you someone who created and co-founded card ladder you have to look at data all day so it must upset you just on a normal level but then when it's a card that you want i completely i can't tell you how many times i'm like oh my god i want this card so much and then i see i put in a bid two seconds later a zero feedback bid bids it up again i put in one more even though i know i shouldn't i only always put in one bid just to get the reminder and I do it again and they do it again and i'm like oh i know what's going on i th- and it just turns you off and it makes you very spiteful because you're like "Fuck, i want this card but i also don't want to be the guy who just buys it when i know someone's deliberately shill bidding it, it is no fun and it really is a way to just kill the vibes it is man all right chris i appreciate you being on where can we find you drop any promotions you'd like so, uh let's just keep it simple you can find me on instagram uh chris underscore hoj and then if you're on twitter then uh it's my twitter is a uh, house of jordans and yeah let's just keep it there that's that's good right there those are the two main hubs sounds awesome. good ultimate collector right there chris hoj of card ladder guys thanks chris thanks for having Thank me guys buddy Peace out, guys. See ya. See you guys. Awesome. And there you have it, guys. Chris McGill, a.k.a. Chris Hoge of Card Ladder, giving you his take on his PC cards, the Jokic market, and everything else in between. What a great guest. I just want to let you guys know that the next guest we have on goes by the name of Colin Shoemaker. Let's go. He is a guy who makes some very viral videos with, political cards. We'll just keep it at that. You've probably seen them. Some of the cards he's pulled, Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> if you haven't seen those videos, I don't know where you've been. You obviously aren't in the hobby. But uh, Jordan, what's, what, Jordan, what's your take on having this guy on? I cannot fucking wait. Like, <laughs> I just, if you guys don't know who this guy is, I highly recommend looking up his content. Um... You know, adult warning, we, this is going to be a little bit of a wilder show, so we're going to have some fun. Uh, he is an adult comedian, so there will be adult jokes for everybody wor- worried, right. uh, just letting you know. But uh, I can't wait. We're going to have a blast. He is absolutely hilarious. You know I love raunchy, wild humor. I know you lo- have a great sense of humor. Um, I think it's going to be a legendary, legendary podcast, and I cannot fucking wait. Let's go. All right, cool. Well, that was the episode, guys. I hope you can tune into the next episode with Colin Shoemaker. You don't want to miss that one. Not at all. Once again, uh, we are the Uncut Sheets. Alex and Jordan here. If you want to give us a follow, obviously subscribe to our podcast first because this is where you follow or found us. Uh, I'm at Sports Card Stallion on Instagram. Jordan. Fat Snacks Cards on Instagram. Awesome, guys. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time with Colin Schumacher. Take care.
Love you guys. Bye.